Well, last week we talked about serving the Lord again, and this will be the third one uh, for serve Him, because that's who we want to serve. We want to serve Him, and He has called each and every single one of us to serve. And, you know, serving is not just doing good things. It's doing good things for the Lord. That's what serving is, and that's what it's all about. We do everything to His glory, and that's what we talked about last week, is that can we serve God in a way that makes Him look thrilling? that makes Him look just supremely valuable to those around us. And, you know, serving Him in such a way that He just looks so awesome and that in our service that that He gets all the glory. And so we serve Him by receiving from Him. And that way, when we get all of our strength from Him, and we use this in Scripture and back this up, when we receive from Him and our strength is from Him, when we serve, He gets the glory because it was all Him. It was all Him. And that's what we want. We want all the glory always to go to God. We don't want to take glory for ourselves. Now, this week, I want to change gears a little bit from, you know, talking about just one principle. I want to talk about five characteristics of a servant of God. Now, there's many other uh, characteristics and attributes and things that we can talk about, but I want to focus in on five that uh, that are outlined here in, in Romans chapter 1. Before we do, let's go to the Lord in prayer just one more time. Father God, we just thank you for this morning. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your presence, your anointing here that is in this place. And Lord, I thank you that we can attend upon you without distraction to be able to reopen up our hearts and receive from your word what you have for us, not what a man has, but what you have. And Lord, I thank you for a revelation out of your word this morning and speaking to each one of us individually in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. So I want to look at Romans chapter 1, and we're going to look at verses 8 through 12. But, you know, the first seven verses of Romans is an introduction to Paul's letter to the Romans. And Paul did this with most of his letters. He usually had some type of introduction uh, to each one of them. And in Romans, he did this introduction for himself. It's an introduction of, of Paul and who he is and what he's about, and the church at Rome as well. And then the gospel of Jesus Christ, introducing, hey, this is, this is the book's subject. And that's what an intro, when I remember writing research papers, you always had an intro, a body, and a conclusion. You know, and in the intro, you opened up what you're going to talk about. And so that's what Paul was doing in the first seven verses. He began to introduce and open up what he was going to be talking about, which is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so verse 8 is really the first sentence of the body part of this letter before he concludes it at the, at the very end. And we're just going to read the first five verses of the body. And starting in verse 8, it says, First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. For God is my witness, I serve with my spirit in the gospel of His Son, that without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayers, making request if by any means now at length I might have a prosperous journey by the will of God to come unto you. For I long to see you, that I may impart unto you some spiritual gift, to the end you may be established. That is, that I might be comforted together with you by the mutual faith of both of you and me. And now you, we, you might have just read this here with me, you read it on the screen, and we looked at it and you said, 
where are the five characteristics of a servant of God that we're going to pull out? So we're going to, we're going to break these down. And in verse 8, we discover the first characteristic, which is a thankful servant. So if you're taking notes, just drop that down, drop that down as number one, a thankful servant. That is the first characteristic that we're to have as a, as a servant of God is to be thankful. To be a thankful servant of God. In verse 8 it says, First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. That's the first thing he does is give thanks to God. Just thank you God for these people here that I'm about to write to. My Christian brothers and sisters in the Lord, thank you, God, for them. And giving thanks unto the one who has brought these into the kingdom of God. And so that's the first thing he does, is he gives thanks. Now this is real similar to one of the attributes that we talked about in part one of this series. When we talked about in Hebrews a couple of verses, an attribute of that we need grace. And that word grace there in the Greek was really, you know, it's talking about gratitude. Gratitude, that we've got to have gratitude when we serve God. In other words, thankfulness. And when you look up gratitude, it means thankfulness and thankful. And I want to give you a definition of thankfulness that you won't find in the Webster Dictionary when you look that up. It says this, Making known to God and others the ways in which they have benefited my life and looking for ways to honor them. Making known to God and others the ways in which they have benefited my life and looking for ways to honor them. What a definition of gratefulness. What a definition of thankfulness. And, you know, it really breaks it down real simple. That I, I, it's making known to somebody else what they've done, and then looking for a way to honor them. And as a servant of God, as serving Him, that's what we're to do. We're to thank Him for what He's done, and all the things that He does in our lives. Thank you, Lord, for this. Thank you, Lord, for, for whatever it may be. And we continue to give him thanks, to give him praise, and, and tell not that he didn't already know what he did, but that we're to extol him and give him honor and glory in that. So we give him thanks. And something takes place when we do these things. Something on the inside. You know, that's what we said that you know when you're giving a gift it's more blessed to give than to receive and we receive from God but we also give we receive strength from him we receive so many things from him we receive his love but then we give we receive so that we can give and when we give thanks it completes the circle of what just happened let me give you an example you know, there was a time where I was struggling financially in my life. And I didn't have a job. And the money just wasn't there. And the savings account just started ticking away. <laughs> it just started going away. I'm sure some of you have probably been in that boat before. Where the employment's not there, the paycheck's not coming in. And then it's like, who are you really relying on? <laughs> so, I, as... The months started going by and all these little odds and end jobs that I was getting just to try to, to make it, it wasn't enough. And as I was trying on my own strength to do this thing, 
God began to speak to me and said, you're doing this. You're trying to make it happen. I said, all right. And I believe the Lord was trying to teach me something. So he gave me the strength to be able to just release it. To totally release it. And I put the situation totally in God's hands. Totally in his hands. And when I did that, and I just, and I went, I just thanked him for lifting the burden off of me. Because it was such a burden. I was stressing. I wasn't sleeping good. Wasn't it? You know, stress can just mess a whole lot of things up, right? But see, when you release it and you put it on the Lord, I was just like, thank you, Lord. You take that burden from me. So I was giving him thanks in advance and nothing had even happened yet. But I was already thanking him for it by what? Faith. Because it's by faith. So I was thanking him for it and the burden was re- just released. The very next day, someone comes to the door and said, the Lord told me to give this to you and they had signed their paycheck over to me. Now, I was kind of floored. I'm like, you don't need this? Nope, don't need it. Signed it over to me and gave it to me. I turned around and cried. And what do you think I did again? Thank you, Lord. Right? And when I thanked the there was just such a peace that takes place. And see, God, no matter what you're going through, God wants to give you a peace. He wants you to be able to rely on Him. And it starts with this very first characteristic of being a servant of God, thanking Him. It's a way, it's, it's like a weapon in a way. We can fight the enemy, literally fight the enemy with thankfulness. Just by thanking God, receiving the strength from Him and thank, thanking Him. Now, Paul outlines the importance of thankfulness many times in his writings. If you look in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, it says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And that's exactly what I did. I, I let the request be known. I said, God, take care of this for me. That was my request. I, I just, I need you because I'm not good enough. I'm not able to take care of this. I'm not able to do it. Now, it wasn't like I totally gave up looking for a job or totally gave up looking for work when I did that or just resigned myself to know. I just wanted his leading. I wanted his guiding. I wanted his direction. I was making that request made known to him and I wanted him to release the burden off my life. God wants to do the same for you. In Colossians 3, verse 15, it says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be what? Thankful. Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you, with all wisdom, teaching, admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with what? Thankfulness in your hearts to God. When we come in and we're praising and we're singing hymns and songs, and you know, it should be from a thankful heart, thanking Him for what He's done in our life. Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through Him to God the Father. So good that we give thanks to Him. Paul even says that giving thanks is the will of God. It is the will of God. In 1 Thessalonians 5.18, it says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Now, I memorized this verse when I was little. Mom said, memorize this one. That was one of, there was a few. She wanted to make sure the meditation of my heart was going to be acceptable. 
in his sight. So I memorized that one. And then I remember that, that we're always going to thank God in everything. No matter what's going on, we're going to thank God. I'm going to make sure the meditation of my heart's acceptable in God's sight. Because he's my strength and my redeemer. There were certain ones I've, I've just got. Because mama said, you're getting them. And so I got them. It's kind of, it just didn't matter. We're going to drill this in. And so I got that. That in everything, give thanks to God because this is His will. This is His will. Isn't that good? And, and you know, there's, that's why there's something that takes, when you're in the will of God, something takes place. And when you're walking in His will, when you're giving Him thanks. Now Paul later says in chapter 1 of Romans, verse 21, that unthankfulness is a characteristic of a heart in rebellion against the Lord. For even, and we read in verse 21, for even though they knew God, they did not honor Him as God or give thanks, but they became futile in their speculations and their foolish heart was darkened. And so this is how we see what, it, what unthankfulness can do. It, it messes with the condition of your heart. This is why it's so important to give thanks so that we make sure our heart is right and our service is acceptable unto God. Amen? Amen. Number two is a prayerful servant. A prayerful servant. Second characteristic of a servant of God is being a prayerful servant. In verse 9 it says, For God is my witness who I... Whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his son, that without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayers. He said, This is how I serve. That's what Paul's saying. He said, This is how I serve. I serve in my spirit in the gospel of his son, that without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayers. You know, how many inner spiritual struggles or conflicts within our heart or things that are going on that could be solved? By prayer. You know, if we just took the time, so many, you know, but there's so many distractions, there's so many things that take place, and, and so many times we just, we don't have a, a consistent prayer time. You know, and this is why Paul says, you pray without ceasing. Wherever you're going, wherever you're doing. It, you know, that was one of the things he said, pray without ceasing. You know, bring these requests to God. Pray, pray, pray. Make mention of these things to the Lord. There's something that takes place when we pray. And, you know, really, I, there, there's all these other things that crowd our lives and can get in the way and they compete for our attention. They're, it's, like, it's like a competition out here. It's so busy. I was thinking about this earlier and even, you know, Elder Joe, we, we were talking just, man, it's just so busy this summer. There's so many things going on. But I know he takes the time. He's, he's squeezing some time in for the Lord. He's praying. And, and I've got to squeeze that time in to pray. It's a, it can be a real challenge when you've got so many things going on or the schedules or whatever it may be. You've got to make time and carve out time to pray. I can think of no more urgent goal for any of us to be a prayerful servant. Number three, a submitted servant. A submitted servant. And this is one of the things we talked about, one of the keys to serving. We said obedience is the key to serving. We read that in Exodus as God was laying out the law and the covenant with the children of Israel. And he said, if you'll only obey me, then all these things. And remember all those promises. And we laid out those five promises that take place. If we obey and we serve God, we choose 
to worship them and not the other gods, not get distracted and get you know taken away by the other things we see around them, the worship that's taking place on a daily basis all around us, on things that don't really profit us, don't get distracted with that and just worship the Lord. He's a jealous God. We just worship Him. We're, we're obedient to Him. We're submitted to Him. That's when those promises start to flow. In verse 10, it says, Making request, if by any means now at length, I might have a prosperous journey by what? The will of God to come unto you. See, Paul understood that it's, uh, anything and everything he does is only by the will of God. You know, James wrote that everything we do is done by the gracious allowance of God Almighty. Whether we do this thing or that, it's all about whether God is saying, do this or do that. That's the way it should be. That's how, how submitted we should be to Him. It's even with our very lives. In James 4, verse 13, He says, Come now, you who say today or tomorrow, we will go to such and such a city and spend a year there and engage in business and make a profit. Yet you do not know what your life will be like tomorrow. You are just a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, If the Lord wills, we will live and also do this or that. And see, Paul understood this, that like what James was laying out, because when he wrote of Romans, he was in Corinth, and he wanted to go see the Romans. He couldn't go see them yet. He couldn't get there, because the will of God wasn't saying, go right now. He knows, he's, that's why he said, if by the will of God. In other words, I'm submitted to him first. It's not about me. It's not about what I'm doing. It's all about God, period, no matter what. And in our daily lives, we have to be totally 100% submitted to God. It's all about Him. And that's why when someone says, oh, well, I can't do this or I can't do that because God's got me here. I'm like, okay, cool. Because, you know, I don't want to mess with that. Because if they're in the will of God, they're in the will of God. And God's will is different for different each one of us. And we all have a place that we're to be. We have a place where we're to serve. We have a church that we're to serve in. We have people around us that we are to serve with our lives. We have places and people to be with, and I'm okay. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. And we need to be okay with that. That the, the ones that we have, the, the ones that God has put around us in our life, we need to be okay with who they are in serving those. No matter how hard it may be, no matter how oh unpleasant it may be at times, this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. That you serve those around you no matter who they are. Doesn't matter if they're perfect. Doesn't matter if they grate on your nerves. It doesn't matter. We've got to serve and be submitted to the will of God. As servants of God, we've got to recognize that we've been crucified with Christ and that the lives we live, we're, it's not our own. We belong to the Lord. We've got to live through Him. In Galatians 2.20, Paul says this, I have been crucified with Christ and it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself up for me. It's all about what he's done 
And so now I'm a living sacrifice for Him. It's my reasonable service. Is your service to God acceptable to Him? And that's, you know, through this, this is the kind of thing that I'm asking myself. What I'm doing and how I'm doing, am I submitted to you in this way? Do I give thanks in the way I should? Am I thanking God or am I taking the credit for it? Am I serving in the way I should serve? Am I submitted to Him? Am I praying enough? Am I prayerful? Am I a prayerful servant? These things here are the questions we've got to ask ourselves. My life is literally hid in His life. So no matter what may come, and I may have a schedule, I may have something that's going on like, okay, I'm going to go over here and do this. But see, if God opens up a different door and he's saying run through that, you've got to forget that schedule and run through that door. You've got to totally do something different. You've got to be willing to lay that down. Just as Christ, he was willing, he laid it down. He laid it all out. He laid it all down. Laid his very life out for us. Four, number four, a giving servant. A giving servant. Verse 11 says, For I long to see you that I may impart unto you some spiritual gift to the end that you may be established. That I may impart unto you. Impart unto you. He was ready to give. He wanted to see those, these, these early Christians. Okay, these are, these are new Christians in Rome. The gospel has been preached. He, he wanted to see him so he can impart unto them the things that he knew. He wanted to give. He wanted to serve them in a way so that he could give to them and impart unto them a spiritual gift. And see, giving, you know, sometimes we say the word giving and we just automatically, we think of what? We think of money. But see, giving's more than that. Now, it includes your money. Don't get me wrong. If God says give it, you better give it, Right? If God says, you know, help this person over here and give them money, give them money. If God says, put it in the plate, put it in the plate. Are you here, church? Amen. So it includes that, but giving is more than... See, a generous spirit and a giving spirit transcends money. It's totally... It's, it's more than that. It's giving of yourself. Giving of yourself. And see, Paul understood that. He wanted to be there so he could give of himself and impart unto them. To what? To help them. To help them grow. To help them become stronger servants of God. And that's our goal, is that those around us that we're serving, that we're making and helping them grow. We're helping each other, sharpen each other as iron sharpens iron, so that we can grow in God and do more for Him. Amen? And that's the goal That Paul had. He knew. He said, if I could just get there. He wanted to get there. And eventually he's going to get so he can give. So he can give. It was all about giving of himself and being devoted servant of God to be able to give. In Galatians 5, verse 13, 14 says this, For you were called to freedom, brethren. Only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh. But through love, do what? Serve one another. It's through love. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word, in the statement, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. So why this scripture? Because serving others is loving others. And we have to give of ourself. Here's a definition of love. Loving others is giving of yourself without expecting anything in return. Right? True statement. What was Christ wanting in return when He died on the cross? Nothing. He went and He knew. He knew what He was doing. He was paying the penalty for us. He didn't 
want anything from us for that. We didn't need to sacrifice. That's why salvation is a what? A free gift. Right? We call it a free. It's the free gift of God. Christ came doing it without expecting anything in return. He did it out of love, giving of himself. And that's what we're to do. We're to give of ourselves without expecting anything in return. When I buy a gift for somebody else, I'm not expecting to return something to me, to give back to me. I'm just giving because I want to. Not because, it's oh, it's expected or anything. Because I want to. Without this scripture, without these, the, the words that we've been reading, without this, you know, I, I feel like I would be lost when it comes to being a servant of the Lord. Without these, things, without these instructions, but it's so clear and it's so plain so many times. It's like, love one another, love one another. In John, you know, beloved, love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth knoweth God. And that, that's, that's such the key. Is that, and here's the thing about when you're loving and you're being a giving and generous. This is the reward of it. The more you love others, the more you know God. And you know, just this as in John. The more you love others, the more you get to know God. Who do you want to get to know more than anyone else on the face of the earth? Hopefully it's God. Now, see, there was a time when I first met her. I didn't care about God or nobody. All I cared about was her. Let's just keep it real. I'm just being honest. It was hard to pray without her in my mind. Because I had just met her. My heart was all flipped upside down. I thought about her day and night. When I first met her. And all I wanted to do was get to know her. So that was all that was in my mind. That was it. Now, some of that, you know, in the beginning, it started to wear off a little bit. And I started going, okay, yeah, I need to pray a little bit more. I need to start thinking about what God's got for me and doing for me. But man, I had a big distraction. (laughs) Thank God I had a good distraction. (laughs) It was a good one. It was a real good distraction. In my mind, all I want to do, I want to get to know. And as I begin to give of myself to her, as I begin to do nice things for her, I begin to get to know her. As I was kind or, or those kind of things, you know, I got to know her. That was, that, that was the benefit. And that's, that's all I wanted. I just wanted to get to know her. That was it. When I saw her worshiping God, and that's how we met, that's, how I saw, that's the, first, the first time I laid eyes on her. Her hands were in the air and she's worshiping God. That's all I want. I want to get to know that. I got to get to know her. I haven't seen that before. And see, when you get to know, when you first come to God, you know, and, and your eyes are open and you can actually see, and now the world looks like it's a totally different place, and you come to God... I got to get to know him. I've got to know more. A hunger begins to get stirred within you. 
You begin to get into the Word, and now His Word begins to open up. And as you begin to get into His Word, the Lord just starts doing a work in you. And then as you begin to see in the Word, oh, I've got to love Him with all my heart, soul, and mind. Oh, wait a minute, i got to love others just like I love myself. So I begin to love others, and as I love others, I'm getting to know Him more because I'm obeying His commandment, I'm submitted to Him. Amen? I mean, it's just, it's all right there. One big circle. And it's all, that's the side benefit of all of these characteristics. The more that you immerse yourself into these characteristics of being a servant of God and say, okay, I'm going to work on this one, I'm going to work on that one, and just take them one at a time. One, two, three, four, five. And as you begin to work on those, the more more you'll find that your relationship with God is on a totally different level as to where it is now. And that's what the God wants to do. He wants to take you from here and take you to a different level in Him. Amen? Amen. He wants to take you to a different level of peace. He wants to take you to a different level of victory. He wants to take you to a different level of prosperity. In Psalms, says, my cup runneth over. That means prosperity and wealth. That's what He wants to give to you. And people say, oh, oh, we can't, oh, we can't be focused on all that. It's what the Word says. I didn't write it. <laughs> people get all, oh, we're talking about prosperity. Oh, Yes, we are. Because that's what God wants to do for you. He wrote it. But He wants us. He wants us to be thankful. He wants us to be prayerful. And He wants us to be submitted to Him. The key is obedience. Right? Number three is submitted. The key is to being obedient to Him. We've got to be that generous giving servant. And number five, we can't take credit for any of it. We have to be a humble servant. A humble servant. This blows me away when I think about this one. Because when I look at Romans, and I see this in verse 12, it says, That is, now remember who he's addressing. He's addressing these new Christians in Rome. They don't know a whole lot yet. And he says, That is, that I may be comforted together with you by the mutual faith both of you and me. You know what he's saying? He's saying, I am not the almighty Paul. I need you just as much as you need me. We need to be together in this thing in the church to do the work of the Lord. We need to be together. Here's Paul, the one who had the experience, right? Of, you know, when he was Saul and the Lord actually visibly, you know, or audibly spoke to him. And he saw this bright light, he saw all this stuff. And he comes and, you know, he's been healed. Now his eyes are open and all this stuff. And Paul, who's seen all these miracles and, and all this stuff take place. We're talking Paul here. And he's looking and he's, he's writing to these, you know, Christians in Rome who are, you know, young Christians. He's saying, I need you. I need you. That's humility. That's humility. We all have a place in the body of Christ. We're all equally important. I am no more important than any one of you. You are no more important than I am. We're in this thing together in the body of Christ. No matter how far along we get in our walk with the Lord, there's never a time when there are not things that we need from other believers. We can't be out on our, on our own. There's no known rangers, never. God has intentionally designed it this way. 
that we need each other. It was very intentional. We, don't, we may not all have the same function. We may be doing different things. But no matter what, we still need each other. It's every little part. You know, I'm finishing off the basement bathroom in my house. We're trying to get it done before VBS. Knock on wood. Uh, we still haven't got the drywall up. But Dad and I were down there last night and working on a little part, you know, with the, with the shower, putting the shower wall on, right? And there's a piece missing. So now the hunt is on. And we are looking, and we are looking, and we are looking, and did we ever find it? No. But you know what? We still need that part. We need it. Or we can't finish the job. That end of the shower wall didn't go up yet. I've got to figure out how to get that part. (laughs) I've got to get it because it's missing. It it was there a couple days ago when we were down there working, but now it's missing. I've asked all the kids. You know, anytime something goes missing, you know, the first people I talk to, I'm like, kids, everybody get down here quick. It's an emergency. Look at this piece of paper. It looks like this. And they're all like, I don't think so. Look harder. Because I really need this piece right here. <laughs> well, I didn't see it. And you know, Joshua goes, well, I know what you're talking about, but I don't think it. I said, look. <laughs> We're looking again with all the kids. We didn't find it. I've got to have this piece because it's an important piece. You're an important piece in the body of Christ. I'm an important piece. That piece, even though it's really small, I still need it. I've got to have it. It amazes me that Paul can tell these new converts in Rome that he's looking forward to them comforting him. You know, I, you know as I look at you know, Paul, his writings, his, his life, I look at all these things, and yet he can be comforted by someone who barely knows the Lord, and he's had all these experiences, and he can still be comforted by a young Christian. Isn't that amazing? Humbling himself. You know, in, our, in the world, in the church world, and this, and this is, you know, we see this in a lot of places. You know, it's the man of God. And he's like, you know, way up here. You know, like he can't be touched or something. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. You know? And if, they would, if those men of God would just look at the Scripture... And look at how Paul, what his attitude was. The church would be a little different. Amen. In Psalms 25, 9, it says, He leads the humble in what is right and teaches the humble his way. Proverbs eleven two says, When pride comes, then comes disgrace. But with the humble is wisdom. 1 Peter 5, 5 says, You younger men likewise be subject to your elders and all of you clothe yourselves with what? Humility towards one another. He says, all of you. See, he starts, he says, yo, you younger ones, submit yourselves to the elders. Why? Because a lot of young people think they know it all already, right? I know, man, at 15, I knew everything. That's all there was to it. I knew it all, buddy. And then once I learned how to drive, now that was the last thing. 16, driver's license, no, I know it all. I know everything. (laughs) 
We don't have time for that story. For God is with humility towards one another. For God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. I'm going to tell you, I have been humbled. (laughs) And I've got some stories, but we don't have time for them. (laughs) He gives grace to the humble. I want to put this quote up by T.W. Manson. He's a theologian. He says, In the kingdom of God, service is not a stepping stone to nobility. It is nobility. The only kind of nobility that is recognized. Isn't that good? That's why Christ said, the first shall be last, and the last shall be first. Can we all stand? Service to God is the only kind of nobility that's recognized. What does that mean? That means God's in heaven, and when He sees you serving, He looks down and He says, that's a king or a queen in my kingdom. That's what He says. It's the only kind of nobility. It's the only kind. That's a knight in my kingdom. That's what he says. That's what, that's what he recognizes. He recognizes these characteristics. Are we doing these things? Are we doing these things? Is our service acceptable to God? This morning, can we agree and pray? I believe God wants to take you to a different place. Like I said earlier, He wants to take you from here and bring you up here. He wants to take me to a different place. We are always learning. We're always learning. He wants us to be empowered with His Spirit. He wants to give us the victory in all things. The key is obedience and submitting ourselves to God. And we've got to be thankful to Him, serving Him, have that giving spirit, and stay humble all at the same time. Don't worry, you can do it. Amen? Amen. How many is ready to believe God for it? Let's believe God. Let's keep your hands in and let's pray. Father God, right now, Lord, we submit ourselves to you. We lay it all down right now. Every situation, everything that we're trying to do on our own, Lord, we repent now and we just, we lay it at your feet. We lay it before you. We submit ourselves to you, our lives to you, 100%, not part way, but every bit of it, Lord. Lord, we just submit right now, Father God. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that, that every hindrance is broken right now in Jesus' name. And Lord, that we would become the prayerful servants that you would have us to be. That we'd be that thankful servant that you would have us to be. Lord, hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord, that we'd be totally 100% submitted to you, that we would stay humble and we'd have that giving and that generous spirit about us, always looking to bless somebody else because when we bless others, Lord, you bless us. Lord, I thank you that the blessings are going to flow. The blessings are going to flow and each one that has their hands raised now, believe in God. I thank you for blessing each one as they begin to bless others, as they begin to give to others, as your word is opened up to them, as they're submitted to you in prayer, as they're thanking you in prayer, as they're praising you, Father God, as they're worshiping you. Lord, hallelujah, in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you for victory in every situation, every circumstance. In Jesus' name. I thank you for peace in the midst of every single storm. I thank you for peace of mind. I thank you for comfort right now in Jesus' name. I thank you for a supernatural work taking place in each one. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Lord, we give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor. Just give the Lord praise. Lord, you are worthy, Father God. You are worthy of all praise, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Lord, we thank you for it, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord, I thank you that our service will be acceptable in your sight. You're our Lord in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, amen, amen. Can we give the Lord a hand? He's good. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God is so good.